Welcome to Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio, hosted by Josh Cantwell and Kyle Gariffo. Strategic Real Estate Coach is where the nation's leading real estate investors, brokers, and agents turn to transform the way the real estate business is being done in neighborhoods across the nation. If you desire to make more money, do more deals, grow your passive income, and build the lifestyle you've always wanted, you need Strategic Real Estate Coach. This powerhouse team is led by Josh Cantwell, a seasoned investor with nearly a decade of experience over 700 transactions and over 5.5 million in fundraising generated for himself and his partners. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business with Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio. So, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Josh Cantwell, CEO at strategicrealestatecoach.com and Freeland Ventures, real estate private equity. Welcome back to the Strategic Real Estate Coach podcast and interview series. Um, I look forward to sharing some amazing information with you today. And uh, I've invited a good friend of mine and a guest onto the line, uh, a guy that I've known for just a couple years, and uh, was introduced to him by some other really phenomenal real estate operators. Uh, his name is Joe Evangelisti, and he is from the, uh, the Philadelphia market and is just a flipping assassin. Uh, he's known as the Flip King, theflipking.com. And, uh, and Joe is, is really one of those ultimate real estate success stories, uh, started investing in real estate and uh, doing fix and flips, doing wholesaling, uh, doing turnkey rentals, and is really focused now on being outside of his business and above his business, uh, works about five or 10 hours a week in his company, that's it. Uh, focuses most of his time uh, as basically an advisor, a strategic advisor to his own companies uh, and so what, what I want to talk about today with Joe is his, his kind of journey, starting out as a new investor, moving to intermediate, moving to advanced, and then ultimately popping himself out the top of his company, and the importance of spending time with other amazing real estate operators, uh, give you a chance to even spend time with Joe and his, what he calls the syndicate, uh, and really just getting his insights on, you know, leading what it takes to be a leading entrepreneur, what it takes to be an elite performer. So Joe, welcome to the podcast and interview series, my friend. What's going on today? How are you? What's up, Josh? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate, uh, appreciate the uh, invite to be on and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to uh, your fans and your followers. You bet, you bet. So you told me you were just spending some, some time with your, with your wholesale team. Tell me what you were just up to. What, 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 uh, what did I pull you away from? Yeah, Monday mornings uh, actually is our time to do, uh, my, Monday mornings is my time with my team, right? So once a week we do what's called an L10 meeting. That's, uh, that's our time to, for the entire team to get together. Uh, we start out the morning with an hour and a half session, uh, which is generally our uh, issue solving track, right? That's when we get together, we, we put together our high level problems and we solve them. Um, it's also my time to do some, uh, some training for them. Um, I kind of went a little bit overboard today with the wholesale team, dug a little bit deeper to try to, to try to solve some issues. We're in the process of uh, training, uh, trading platforms uh, on the back end with our CRM and stuff like that. So we had a couple, couple deeper issues than we generally do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Monday mornings is really when we focus on getting the team uh, energized for the week and, and, and solve our issues and get, get everybody uh, off and running for the week. Um, so that's generally, and you're going to find me in the office on Monday mornings, uh, getting everybody cranking. Gotcha. And, and, and so you're at the office Monday mornings getting your team cranking. And then what does the rest of your week look like? You know, I know you've done over a thousand deals. You, you flip over $10 million in real estate every year. 
um, and your team is, is very busy, both on the flip side, the wholesale side. But what do you find yourself doing the rest of the, the, rest of the week? You know, I, I, I finally I find myself just uh, setting appointments, right? Setting, trying to find myself occupied and, and trying to find high-level, um, you know, situations like this, right? Talking to guys like you, trying to find myself, uh, you know, um, in, in front of people that are going to uh, force myself to, uh, to think bigger, to, to, to keep myself outside the box, right? Um, because, uh, you know, if you stay in the office, you stay in the grind and you stay – um, doing the things that you've always done, then, uh, you know, you're just going to stay in that, in that mode. So, um, you know, I, I'm looking to, um, to constantly try to set appointments with uh, uh, things that are going to keep me creative, things that are going to keep me thinking next level, things that are going to think, you know, help me think bigger, um, trying to put together bigger deals and things like that. Um, or I'm traveling or I'm, you know, spending time with my kids or whatever I, whatever I, I have to do to keep myself out of the office. So I'm not just on the day to day. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, now I know you have a passion uh, through your, your mastermind that you run, your training, your high-level training that you run, the syndicate. Now you have a passion for helping operators become owners. Um, and this is something that, you know, when you get to Joe's level, you get to my level, it's partially about giving back, but it's partially about, you know, kind of being a coach and really enjoying seeing other people level up their game. So tell us about that passion of yours and helping these operators become owners and what do you define as an operator and what are some of the challenges that those guys have? And then what do you define as an owner and, and what, what is that like to get somebody to move to that level? Yeah, you know, Josh, much like uh, I think a lot of things is, is you learn from doing and, and then you, you figure out the, the challenges that, that, that go from, you know, the process. And then you look back and you say, well, well, if I, if I did it this way, I, maybe it would have been a little bit more effective, a little bit more efficient, right? I think what a lot of folks are struggling with in business is they are, you hear this term owner operator, right? And then you right. wonder why you never have enough time in, in the day. You wonder why you can never get anything done. You wonder why you're never effective. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest challenges is it's really difficult to be an owner and an operator, right? And, and so we, we start to try to separate those two things and we have, you know, a visionary and an implementer and we separate those two things in, in, into two different roles um, to where the owner can be the visionary, which has its own, its own set of, um, you know, unique uh, abilities, unique uh, requirements and unique skill sets. And then there's the implementer, that's the person that runs the business, the day-to-day, um, it helps the, the, the employees have the guidance and have the accountability and keeps them on track and, and kind of, you know, runs the ship. Um, that's the operator, right? So, so you have to really, in my, in my opinion, you have to split those things in half. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're never going to find yourself being able to have enough freedom to where you can go do other things, you know, start other companies, have, have the freedom to travel, um, you know, have the freedom to to go experience, you know, whatever it is you want to do, whether that is create more and, and, and get bigger, or maybe it's just to, to just go, you know, live the life you, the way you want to, you know? So, um, you know, so we, so we try to, we try to separate those two entities into two um, distinct roles. And uh, that's a mindset that's really, really difficult for a lot of people to, to kind of grasp and to tackle and to live with, you know? So right. um, that's, that's the mindset we're trying to, uh, to help people, help people overcome. Yeah, so so I love the, love the idea. So I want to kind of hunker down on this because I think every entrepreneur has this this epiphany, this time when they're growing a company for so long, and they're they're still wearing both hats. So let's 
take a look back at your journey. Um, give us a little bit of color, some foundation about your journey, but specifically at that time when you were the owner operator and what was it like to break through? What kind of mindset shifts did you have that you now coach people on? Uh, what were some things that you had to change in your own business, your own life, your own habits, your own routines to make that a reality? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it, I think, bases uh, off of ego, right? It all, I think a lot of us can admit that, you know, we, so when we start our own company, you know, it's our baby, right? It's our, it's our foundation. It's our thing. It's what we're good at. It's what we're proud of being. And, you know, it's hard enough sometimes just to hire an employee, you know, and give them any responsibility whatsoever to give them to, to let and them take on any challenges, any, any little minute delegation of anything, right? Right. Um, so that's that that's that's one start, you know. So sometimes you get uh, entrepreneurs, you're just like, God, hire anybody, hire a marketing assistant, hire anything, you know. Um, and then they start to grow a team, and now maybe they have four or five or six employees, depending on what type of industry you're in, you know. I mean, if it's real estate, um, sometimes it could be super simple. If it's a wholesale team, it could be two or three people before you can walk away, right? But, but um, you know, let's just say, let's just assume, um, you know, it's a real estate team, and you can get four or five people. Well, now it's like, okay, now we have systems and processes and everything's implemented there's money coming in and now it's time where you can you can hire a high level operator and you can actually walk away that's a whole nother level of challenges and that's that's what i call letting go of the vine right because now you have to actually trust not only somebody to do a, an employee's role or a certain process now you have to trust the responsibility of someone to take your position and and, and a leadership role and actually walk away from a day-to-day and and assume that you know you know, someone's going to take high level, you know, challenges over and, and make high level decisions for you. Um, that's a whole nother level of ego that a lot of us, I mean, it, it comes down to working on ourselves more than it comes down to anything else. It's not a trust issue. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, it's a deep seated, um, you know, ego issue a lot of times um, where, you know, can you handle uh, that? Um, and then there's, you know, there's all kinds of different, um, you know, uh, processes that we put into place uh, to make sure that the things are done properly and reporting and all that type of thing. And that's where the L10 meeting that I did this morning comes from, right? When you can trust that the numbers are going to be reported to you properly and you can trust that certain things are going to come and happen on time and every time, and you can trust that on Monday that those things are going to, you know, come back to you. Um, you know, you start to be able to let go a little bit and start to breathe a little bit because you know, hey, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to learn on Monday what happened you start to let people have that responsibility. And then what you start to find is when you hire the right people, what we call A players. A players really take it to a whole other level. Sometimes they do it better than you would have done it. And then right. they really start to amaze you. And then, then you start to grow an amazing team. And, you know, there's all kinds of steps that happen after that. But um, that's when the, the release of stress starts to really happen. And you can start to see, you know, the progress of, of basically 10Xing what your results could have been had you not built that thing and allowed it to grow without you. So it's, it's an amazing adventure, man. It's, it's really a lot of fun, but a lot of times you just can't get past that first step because again, we're, we're, we're in love with that, you know, that, that baby we created from, from step one, you know? Right. You bet. So the guys that you've coached and worked with um, to implement these, this L10 meeting in their own business and go from owner operator to just owner, the guys that have had success, you know, there are maybe two or three characteristics that you see that those guys, they have, they use, they continue to implement to kind of stay and keep pushing at that owner level, let somebody else fill in. And then conversely, 
Are there maybe a couple characteristics of the guys that fail at that, that can't let go and their businesses don't grow anymore because they're kind of, they, they, they knowingly or unknowingly, they stay in that owner operator. They continue to wear both hats. So what are the couple characteristics of the guys that do it right? And the couple characteristics of the guys that maybe can't get out of their own way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the characteristics of the people that do it right. Um, number one, they're coachable. They're willing to take, uh, take action and they're willing to, to, to listen just like anybody with a, with a mentor. I mean, I'm sure Josh, you've got plenty of mentors and just like myself. I mean, when I first hired my couple first mentors, they would tell you something and then it would take you months to finally have the guts to just go ahead and take action on what they told you. And as time goes on, now my mentor tells me to jump off a bridge. I'm looking for the closest bridge. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, I, I think that when you're coachable and then you trust the process, the quicker you do whatever you're being asked to do or directed to do, you know that, you know, that's the right thing to do. So being coachable is a big piece of it. Um, and then, and then of course, you know, you're, you don't take the advice of just anybody. You hire someone that's had that, that, that process uh, dialed in. Um, number two is just, you know, a lot of the skills that most entrepreneurs need, right, is you have to have the guts to take the risk. Um, you know, if you're built to be an entrepreneur, you're built to be an entrepreneur. If you're not, then that's totally cool. You know, go, go get a high paying job and stay there and be comfortable and be happy with that. But, you know, this is not for the meek. This is, this is not for, you know, people who are not comfortable taking risks and, you know, to be successful, to grow a team, to uh, build a team, to walk away from a team, to go build another team, to keep doing that. Look, you're going to get slapped in the face. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to have to stand back up, and it's never going to stop. I don't care how successful you are, and and that's a lesson in life that you just have to learn. Like, there's just no, there's no level of comfort that you're ever going to have, no matter how much success you have. You have to continue to to know how to how to fall down, and stand back up again. So you need those people that are resilient and, and used to um, being able to to take that 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 um, that punch and be able to get back up, right? Right. Uh, you know, those type of people. So, you know, the ones that, the ones that take the first step off the edge and then they get punched real quick and then they're like, whoa, 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 I'm going back to doing what I did before. <laughs> right. then, then you're, you're never going to, you're never going to see freedom. Right. Um, and, and those are the type of people that frankly, you know, you should go get a good job, you know, because being entrepreneurs are probably not a good thing for you to begin with. Um, you know, those are the type of things that, that are really, that are really um, important to somebody that wants to go out and, and become an, a real true owner of a company. Um, and then, and then you ask what, what's tough about being able to make that transition. If you're really married to your company, I would say if you start a company and you're not the type of person that can start a company with the idea that you're going to sell that company one day, like if that, if that idea just completely, you know, evades you, like it's, it's not even something that, that, that you can think about then then don't think about stepping away as the owner and doing it again, because, there are those of us that are thinking about it as a company is an asset and I'm going to come, I'm going to start multiple of them and I'm going to do this multiple times over and over again. Um, you know, I think sometimes again, when we're young and we start a company, you know, my, my, one of my first companies was called Addison Quinn development. My kids are, my daughters are Addison and Quinn. You know, we, we make this, I don't want to say it's a mistake. We all do. It's naturally. We just think it's our baby and we're going to put our family name on it and it's going to last forever you know, and I look back now and I'm like, man, if, if somebody offered me a million bucks for that thing, I'd sell that name tomorrow. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, my kids off. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, it's natural, right? It's, right. it's part, right. part of business. Now I name companies off of street signs. Like, I, I don't care because right. I know that I'm building, a, I'm building an asset. I don't care about the name of the asset. I'm building a, I'm building a process, a system and something that's, that's, that's replicatable that I can sell. 
um, you know, that's more of, of what a company is, not necessarily, you know, something that, that's my ego anymore. Um, and that just comes from maturity, right? So if you're building a company and, it, and it's something that's so close to you that you're not willing to part with it, well, then maybe you're not that person that wants to transition into ownership either. So, um, you know, that, if that helps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I, uh, I interviewed Kevin O'Leary just in this conversation with you. It just brings me back. I interviewed Kevin O'Leary for this podcast a couple of years ago, and he said, look, even when you're successful in business and you've worked hard and you've started to kind of graduate out into that, you know, owner hat, you know, owner position at the table, if you will, and you don't have to be there all the time, there's still always something that's burning in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, even when you have all the systems and procedures and lots of A players, there's still always something that's burning. And even if there's something that's not burning that day, it could just be like, the company needs more customers. It needs another strategic relationship. It needs another affiliate. It needs more capital. Those are all those really high level, big picture things that that owner should be doing mm -hmm. is going and finding that next relationship, going and finding more money from the bank, going, tightening up the process. If you see a glaring weakness, there is all plenty of things to do as the owner, even when you're not the operator. You know, looking for, 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 you know, blind, blindness in a business that nobody else sees that that's, that's really your job. Um, so Joe, when you think about building the team, right? You mentioned systems, procedures, being able to let go, but the people, right? The people of people, it, it's all about, that's what businesses are, are all about is the people. Um, I say at my events, the business of business is people. You've got to be able to build a business and build it on the backs of software technology, using software as a weapon, but using people as a weapon. So when you're interviewing people, building teams, are there any kind of hacks or special things that you look for in your team and culture or in a, in a, in a specific person that you're going to hire? Are there any maybe personality profiles or tests that you give them? What are some different techniques you've used to build an amazing team? Yeah, uh, definitely a few things. Number one, remind, remind me to go back to that Kevin O'Leary thing. I got something yeah. to talk about, the visionary piece. Um, when we're hiring, there's a couple things that we, that we do in-house. Number one, we give everybody a Colby test after the second interview. If we're going to put them into the team, I want to see how they're going to associate with other people and how they're going to work. Um, number two, uh, we hire on culture. So they have to fit our cultural profile. So we have um, our, our core values within um, our office and, and we hire on core values, we review on core values and we'll fire on core values. So on our quarterly review, we actually rate people on the core values within the company. And if they don't fit our core values and our culture, that they're not a team fit, they go. Um, and the way, the best way I, I can explain core values is um, the people in my company are people I want to hang out with. These are, these are like friends of mine. These are somebody, these are people that I would invite to my house to, to watch the game on Sunday. Yeah. And, and you have to start out and understand when your company, even though I just got done talking about how your company's really, you know, shouldn't be your baby and you should want to sell it one day and all those kind of things, that you still have to, at the beginning stages, you have to want to work with these people and you have to enjoy being around these people. Um, and they have to be your team. You have to, you have to like them. Um, so you have to, if, you, if you're sitting across the table interviewing someone and for whatever gut reason, you're like, man, I don't, I don't know, Josh just rubs me the wrong way. Man, I don't care how qualified he is, you better not be making him an offer because you're going to spend a lot of time with that person. And if they're rubbing you the wrong way at that table, then they're going to rub you the wrong way six months from now, a year from now, two years from now. Um, another thing we do is we set expectations up front. Um, we hire on a 90-day on a probationary period, and we set 30, 60, and 90-day goals, and we track them. So every 30, 60, and 90, we do a review. 
and we sit down, we say, Josh, 30 days has passed. This is what you've accomplished. This is what you haven't accomplished. What do you think so far? And let's set up another 30 day review and see where we stand in 30 days. In that 90 day window, it's an open door policy. You have the right to walk away at any time, no questions asked, and we have the right to fire you, no questions asked. Um, and then at the end of 90 days, if we like you and you like us and you wanna keep going, um, we'll actually offer the candidate a $2,500 check to leave, to quit at that time. So it's basically like take 2,500, no harm, no foul, get out of our, get out of our, you know, our office and you know, it, it's a bonus for, for quitting at that point. Or we rip the check up and you're part of the team and congratulations, you get a hat and come on in the office and you're part of the team now, you're full time. Um, you know, we do that as an incentive because truthfully, it's the best money I could ever spend. And luckily, no one's ever taken the check, but I hope they do one day because, you know, that right there, people don't realize you could spend up to two years or more in salary on a, on a, on a bad cultural fit for an employee. I've right. done it multiple times. I've, I've lost millions of dollars on employees in the last 10 years. Um, from people that just came, sat down and sucked time and sucked money and lost all kinds of stuff, you know, from sitting at a desk and, and, and uh, you know, creating bad habits and, and all kinds of stuff that, you know, I'm going to get into. But I've made a lot of bad hires, put it to you that way. So, I mean, we're yeah, learning from experience in the office. Um, but I've made some amazing hires, and that's why we have the team we have today. So, um, you know, those are a couple, couple uh, examples of, of how we hire. We take it pretty seriously around here. Yeah, for sure. Joe mentioned the, uh, the Colby profile. So I've been a huge fan of the Colby profile going back all the way to 2004. It's the first yeah. time I was introduced to the Colby profile. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the Colby, K-O-L-B-E.com is a, uh, it, it's a, it's a test that you take, but it's not a personality test. It's not an IQ test. Uh, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's 36 questions that somebody takes and it measures their instincts. It measures how somebody is gonna attack a project naturally so like if, if Joe was given this test and I was given this test and 10 other people were given this test there's it's kind of four buckets that somebody falls in um, and it's really important I'm a firm believer in Colby as well really important to understand is somebody gonna make decisions based off of the past are they a fact finder somebody gonna make a decision based off of a system right are they are, are they a systematic person which is in, in Colby is high blue uh, are they somebody that's a quick start which a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of visionaries are quick starts. They come up with a lot of ideas, they cast visions. Uh, that's the green category. And then finally it's the yellow implementer category, which is often people who are, are good artists, musicians, people good with their hands, people who like to do things on their own. Uh, and you gotta know who you're dealing with. Like I know my brother Mark, who's one of my business partners, is high yellow. And Mark likes to do a lot of things on his own, likes to be sort of a solopreneur, likes to operate within just his own bucket by himself. Got, got to understand that guy because if you don't and, and you think you're hiring like a high green or a high red and you hire that high yellow, um, that, that guy is not interested. My brother's not interested in coming to team meetings and playing, playing in the same sandbox as everybody else. He's a hands-on dude. He's really good at art, good at music. He's good on a construction job, but he's not going to be great at playing playing a team game. So you got to know who you're hiring and where they fit. Uh, and the Colby profile is an amazing tool. It's an amazing weapon for a business owner to use to, to hire the right people. Um, Joe, along that, that same category, along the same lines, is there anything you do on a quarterly basis or maybe an annual basis just to have fun with your team? Do you, you take them out for drinks? Do you do fun, goofy stuff at the office? Um, is there anything you guys do to, to build culture? 
Yeah, 100%. In fact, we just, uh, Thursday or Friday, we just took a team out to uh, go-kart racing, which was actually, had a lot of fun, nice. a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, we tried it. One of our core values is have fun. Um, so we do our best to have fun. We've taken them out sailboating. We've taken them out uh, bowling. We've taken them out. Uh, yeah, we do happy hour constantly. So yeah, yeah. we're trying to, do a, trying to do a lot more things. I'm constantly trying to, uh, to train on a personal level. So that it's like self-development and stuff like that. So I have a financial coach coming in next week. Um, yeah, I mean, we're always trying to think a little bit outside the box from your typical, I, I don't want to become, you know, corporate America. I don't, have, I don't care how big we get, even though I don't think we'll ever get much bigger than 25 or so. Um, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to make sure that we're, we're always trying to, um, you know, to create some sort of uh, outside the box thinking as far as uh, creating a resource for, for our team and not just, you know, a place where they come in and they have to grind for work and then they go home and it's a nine to five. You know, I like to make it that, that, that it's a, you know, that they're making themselves better humans while they're here. Um, you know, that's, that's the whole idea, uh, as part of it, but yeah, man, you gotta have fun. You know, we're always looking for ways to have fun. Nice. Nice. So just Joe, just, I probably should have done this at the beginning. Um, and we kind of skipped over it cause we got into this, you know, high level entrepreneur stuff, which is sure. really my favorite topic and, and, and raising capital is the other one, but give our audience just a little bit of a, uh, an idea of what your business looks like today. You guys, you've done over a thousand flips. You do over 10 million a year. Give me an idea of, of is your what's your main strategy for making money, and what does your team look like? Yeah, so there's about uh, twenty. I think there's about twenty of us in house now. We have a bunch of people virtually, um, and and that's the the, the real estate uh, company. Um, we're primarily uh, we're, we're primarily um, a, a rehab business. Um, we're, we're focused a lot heavier on the wholesale end right now. Um, if you asked me two years ago, we were super, super rehab focused. We're, we're cutting back way back on that right now. Um, that's just because I see a market trend shifting and I don't want to be caught with a, a shit ton of inventory. I'm sorry if I can't curse on here. Yeah. A ton of inventory. Let me that out. My grandma always told me when I was growing up that shit, damn, and hell weren't swear words. Okay. So good. Those are totally, uh, totally okay. cool for this podcast. You bet. All right. Grandma said so. You'll have a little explicit thing on iTunes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, about uh, maybe a year ago, we probably had thirty to thirty to forty at a time going at any given time. I think right now we have eighteen or twenty uh, going right now, um, but we'll cut that back weight. Uh, you know, cut that way down. Um, so uh, so rehabs up there. We have wholesale going. We have a, a retail sales uh, division. We own a Remax, um, so we have a retail sales team as well. Um, and then we have our buy and hold uh, team. So we have quite a few single families in inventory. We're constantly doing make readies and, um, you know, turning over single family rental properties. Um, and the big push right now is big, big commercial development. So I have a couple uh, self-storage facilities um, and things like that, that that are in process, due diligence and, uh, um, 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 you know, a preliminary phase for, for build out. Um, and then we're looking for multifamilies, um, you know, all over, all over the East Coast right now. Uh, a couple in due diligence and, and, and we're getting close on, on a few. Um, we really just started to tune that division in in the last, uh, in the last couple months. So uh, nice. I'm, I'm excited about where that's going to head. Um, and, um, and then of course, I mean, I have a bunch of other companies, but that's, that's the real estate side. I have a media company as well. And, you know, we do some private lending and things like that. So um, nice. yeah, so it's, it's exciting stuff. Very cool. Very cool. So Joe, as we kind of, kind of round, round third here, third base and, and head for home. Um, you know, we started this conversation really talking about your passion for um, helping operators become owners. 
and you run a mastermind, you run an organization, a coaching uh, mm-hmm. called the Syndicate, um, and you work with you know business owners and operators to help them kind of level up to that owner uh, area. So just talk a little bit more about what that is. Um, if somebody wanted to ping you and learn more about that and how they can participate in that and, and get some help from you to level up their, their, from an operator to an owner, uh, describe that for us and then and how can they uh, ping you on that? Yeah, for sure. So um, actually with the syndicate, so I've been running uh, uh, real estate uh, roundtables for about two and a half years now. Um, for uh, high-level business owners in the real estate space. And what we've realized in the last two and a half years is that uh, most of what we uh, cover in these in these events is all business owner stuff. You know, we go in there, we, we start to talk about real estate, um, but we're covering business owner uh, industry stuff. You know, uh, yeah. by, you know, hiring and then processes and and uh, team building and you know all this other stuff. So, um, so actually, the syndicate uh, is the first event is going to be uh, February twenty seventh and twenty eighth. Nice. And uh, what I really want to do is focus on bringing it to outside industries. So in the last year, we've had uh, a handful of outside industries come into the round table. And uh, the best thing about it was they brought in such a great perspective into um, that room that we decided to do an event focused on outside industries. So that's where the syndicate was born. So um, the room in West Palm is going to be 12 um, high-level business. They don't have to be owners, business executives. Um, of any level that uh, that are bringing that are bringing um, you know strong resources, strong values. Um, you know, folks that are looking to uh, you know grow their business, grow their teams, and uh, and really looking for ways to create more time, create more freedom, um, maybe expand their teams, um, and everything we just talked about on this call. Um, but that's going to be the 27th, 28th in West Palm. And if they want to reach me, they can uh, find me on Facebook. They can find me on Instagram, and I'm sure you'll put the contact info in the yeah. you know, in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, check that out. Um, you know, if you're going to be involved in, in in a group to really get to that level, obviously Joe's your guy and, and can take you there. He's done it for many, many, many other people. Um, Joe, so just a couple final questions. So, what what does the future look like for you? You're you're obviously have a lot of experience in construction selling lots of houses, retail with your team, building teams, um, you know, in the next you know, three to five to 10 years, what are those, you know, kind of big, massive goals, the big reasons why you're trying to build your business, but where do you see the market going for yourself? And what are you going to, you know, 10 years from now, if we're looking back at this interview, where do you want to be? Yeah, you know, uh, Josh, um, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer that we, we make our own market, which I'm sure you're, you're yeah. probably yeah, you're probably in agreement with that. So for sure, um, you know, as long as you buy right, you, you know, there is no market. In fact, um, I think that when the market goes down, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna really do well. Um, you know, in the next five to ten years, I can see us uh, ten thousand doors or more. Um, I, I really want to see us uh, pick up some great deals. I think when the market shifts, that's going to help a lot. Um, you know, we have huge access to capital, which I'm, I'm sure you do as well, which is awesome. Um, you know, some of my high level goals that I write every morning is I want to be partners in JV partners with some of the best people, best operators in the nation. That's my goal. So, um, you know, making these contacts and talking to the people we've been talking to and, um, you know, finding these awesome world class operators all over the country that that have access to deals and have access to, um, you know, on boots on the ground folks that, that can find these deals. Um, you know, I want to have access to those guys and, and help them with the working capital, help them put the deal together, help them facilitate those things. Um, you know, those are my goals in the next couple of years. 
nice uh, is to help build those teams. You know, we, we talk about uh, legacy building. Um, you know, I, I, that's, that's really something that's true to my heart. That's not about the, the money. It's not about, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, um, you know, it's not about being famous. It's about, it's about, you know, um, somebody's grandkids, 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 a hundred years from now that have no idea who I am, um, are doing something awesome for people that, that they learn from, you know, somebody that I taught something to, um, and it, and it doesn't have to have my name on it. You know, it's just being able to put that knowledge out there and help people grow amazing, amazing stuff. And, and, you know, um, not getting the credit for it. You know, that, that's the, that's the cool part about building legacy and helping other people, um, build wealth and build legacy is that it's, it's going to last for, you know, hopefully thousands of years. So yeah. that's what we put out there. Nice. Nice. And Joe, last but not least, uh, you've obviously learned a lot, been an entrepreneur for a long time, built lots of different companies, been around some amazing, amazing people. Uh, we have a lot of uh, friends in common. Uh, if you look back, going back, you know, we talked about looking forward 10 years and looking back to today. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give your younger former self? It could be in business, could be in your relationships, business relationships, personal relationships as a father, uh, you know, it could be anything inside real estate, outside, whatever. Um, but is there one piece of advice that you'd say, you know, Joe, younger Joe, I wish you had done this or looking back at all the things we've done, why didn't we try this instead? Um, so is there any, anything you'd give back? Cause you know, a lot of people that will listen to this will be kind of the younger former Joe, you know, looking to kind of be, you know, in the, in the, in the near future where you're at today. Yeah. You know what, man, I, I don't have a ton of regrets, but you know, I do look back and, and you know, it's, it's funny because I think technology has made things just absolutely out of control nowadays. And, you know, I'm only 38, which I, I feel old, but I'm not that old. And, you know, there's these 22 year old, 21 year old guys that are just, just killing it in the game because technology is insane. Um, you know, I think I would have done things faster. I think I would have, I would have tried to, uh, to, to, to do things, you know, I just take, take bigger risks and go and just go all in because, uh, I think that there's a lot of times, you know, I find myself telling people, just take action, just take action. Like, what are you waiting for? Just take action. Um, and I look back and I'm like, man, I should have taken, I should have taken bigger action. Right. Um, you know, so I think I would have just done it faster. I would have just done it faster. I would have just done it bigger. I mean, I remember reading a book, Grant Cardone. I don't know what book it is that he wrote. And he said, you know what, if my goal back in the day was to have 20,000 doors, you know, I think he started out with a goal of having 500 doors. And he was like, if my goal was 20,000 doors, I would have had 10,000 doors by now or whatever the numbers were. Um, you know, I think it's the same thing. I mean, I just started writing the goal of having 5,000 doors in my, in, my, in my planner like a year ago. And to think about 5,000 doors doesn't even, it's, it's in relationship to what people are accomplishing nowadays, it's not even that much. You know, it's, right. not, it's not even in comparison to a lot of things. So I think if you just think a lot bigger and you can move a lot faster when you put your mind to it and, um, you know, stop being stuck on what everybody else is doing and what, what people think is capable. Um, you know, just, just put your mind into a whole different region and think a lot bigger. Yeah. That's what I would have done. Advice, man. Go faster, think bigger. And a lot of times what I found is that requires being around people that are already there, just being exposed to it. Because when you're not, Absolutely. Exposed to it, you're kind of like, well, what does that even mean? Or what does that even feel like? I, I don't know conceptual ability to even wrap my head around that and but when you're around somebody else like being a you know part of you know joe's uh group that he's doing the syndicate or being part of something bigger some sort of mastermind or coaching or just having a mentor or just 
being at different groups with people that are levels and levels above where you're at, get exposed to it. And then you realize, man, if they can do it, I can do it. I've got, I've got some challenges. I've got some things that I put in place, but it's doable. I think that's, that's the big hurdle is just convincing yourself it's doable by seeing other people doing it. It makes it much more of a reality. So that's a big piece of it, man. And I found like when I've set big goals and think like, I have no clue how I'm going to get to this. Yeah. Normally, if I just socialize with people that are there or I think that are there, it becomes much more of a reality. They're so willing to share what they've learned, so willing to share resources or affiliates or joint venture partners or people that can help me along my way because they've already been there. That's often the, the connecting piece, right? Absolutely. Big part of it. Big part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Joe, any kind of final pot, uh, parting shots, words of advice for our uh, audience? Ready, fire, aim, baby. Go after it. Take action. Don't hold back. You only Fantastic, have one Joe. Love it. Love it, man. Well, thanks a lot for being part of our, our, uh, our interview series. I appreciate it. Guys, look up Joe. Going to be in the show notes, links and stuff there. Uh, find Joe on Facebook, Instagram, places like that. Uh, if you're in the greater Philadelphia area and you, and, and you find this interesting, reach out to him, join venture with him, become a private lender, go, go to his office. Uh, and if you're an operator – you know, anywhere in the country, especially if you're doing multifamily and you're looking for some backing, really, somebody with a, a, a real firm backbone that can really help you achieve your goals, uh, definitely connect with Joe. He can help you get you there. And uh, Joe, thanks so much for jumping on today. I really appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, you guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon. You were just listening to Strategic Real Estate Coach Radio, hosted by Josh Cantwell and Kyle Gariffo. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next, who you would like us to interview, or if you just want to share some of your success stories in real estate. And maybe we'll talk about it on our next show. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure you subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes every Wednesday. Follow Josh Cantwell and Strategic Real Estate Coach on Facebook and Twitter. Check out all our awesome free training videos at youtube.com forward slash SREC video. If you want to find out 55 simple and powerful ways to find killer real estate investments, go to 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast right now to download our free report and get a ton of free resources on finding properties and funding properties. And stay up to date on what's happening right now in the real estate industry. That's 55simpleways.com forward slash podcast. Podcast. Thanks for listening.